Here we go. The start of the NBA season for the Sacramento Kings. It is here. It is absolutely here. Man, I love it. I love it. The journey, the ride. Enjoy it. NBA basketball began last night with a couple of games, but your Sacramento Kings begin season number 37 in Sacramento tonight. They'll start in Portland with game one of the 82-game schedule. I was thinking about this today, reflecting on things. So excited to be a part of, for me, uh, year 28 working for this uh, team on the radio. Uh, G-Man will have been here all 37 years calling the games uh, as he's getting ready to start another season. And uh, Henry and Deuce, all of us will be back on the crew. Chris running the show. Like, this is, we're back. We're excited. We're looking forward to it. And uh, Kings basketball, I have big uh, hopes and thoughts about what this team could do throughout the show today. I'm going to go over things I like about the Kings to start the season, some things I have concerned about the Kings to start the season. Also being that it's Wednesday, that means Lincoln Kennedy stops by. He will join us at 4 o'clock. Chris Landry, for his weekly visit, he will join us at 5 as we get you to game night with Scott Marsh and the high flyer Henry Turner. And today we have two more Kings trivia questions for you, two more chances for you to get to opening night Friday night against the Utah Jazz. The first one we'll have at 345, the second one at 445. So two more opportunities, two more questions to ask uh, coming your way uh, before we wrap things up today. You've only been with the Kings for 28 years? Yeah. I thought you started in Rochester. Why I oughta. Oh, wait, that's right. You started in Rochester, but you didn't go with them to Kansas City. And then no, I took that time off. Gotcha. Yeah, that was that was too, that was too big of a move for the family, so we didn't do it then. Got it. Yes. How many years for you, Chris? Uh, you've done a lot of these years. Uh, so, how many uh, seasons have the Kings not made the playoffs? Fifteen. So about fifteen seasons. Uh, so now we know where to place the blame. Actually, I think it's about eh, – actually, I think it's only 12. Only 12? 12 of the 15? When I started as an intern here, that was the last season that they made the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, it is year 37. It begins tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy the uh, journey with us. And that's what it is because we know how this works. Um, if Like last year. Let's take last year, for example. The Kings won the first two games. Oh, my gosh. This is the year. And then they hit big skids. that We know about the two nine-game losing streaks. Um I, I'll, I'll caution. I'll say this. I know how it works, though. There'll be plenty of overreactions tonight. Uh, Chris and I were talking before the show about Twitter. I mean, go figure. Twitter lost their mind on several different issues over the last couple of days. Oh, the franchise is burning to the ground. <sighs> Man. If they win, fantastic. If they don't, it's the next game. Go for it. I mean, the Kings last year were above 500, below 500, nine-game losing streaks. They were all over the board. That's why you truly, truly have to enjoy the ride. You have to because there will be goods, there will be bads, there'll be uglies um, all the way through. There's going to be games like, whoa, how did the Kings win that? Yeah. And there's also going to be games where it's, how did they lose to them? Right. We'll go, oh, guess who's not playing tonight? This person, this person, and this person. In the bag for the Kings. Wait, they lost by 12? Yep. That's the NBA. That's the way it happens. The Kings will be on the right side of those, the wrong side of those. But you prepared something, Chris, to really get people, I think, ready for this? I think so. Okay. Because we should be pumped up. Absolutely. It's opening night. It's the Kings. I think there's some reason to be optimistic. They have this terrible playoff drought. They're fully responsible for all of that. And they're trying to break that. So they they need to get things going. They get pumped up. So do you want to hear it? I want to hear it. Let's go. 
It's finally here. Opening night for the Sacramento Kings 2021-22 season. Ah, so happy. I can't even feel my arms. They started with a summer league championship. Well, right now it's Toko and, and Echo and Rig. L Street, J Street, all parts in between Uptown, Downtown, Sacramento. Something to celebrate for the franchise and their loyal followers. Next, the Kings went undefeated in preseason. Kings rebound. Here comes Fox again. By one defender. Blows to the rim and scores again. He passed the heel to Davion Mitchell. Two seconds to go. Back on the wing. Halliburton to beat the buzzer. He's got the triple from the deep right angle. Fox has a long lead pass. Goes up the floor to Mitchell. Up and down. Reverse. He's got the basket and that may be the play of the night thus far by the Kings. Great look up the floor by De'Aaron Fox. But now... The games matter. We're not talking about uh, kickball here, where there's absolutely nothing at stake. We're talking about the National Basketball Association. It's a brand new season where everyone has the same record, except for the Lakers who are 0 and 1. <laughs> Tonight, the Kings take on the Trailblazers, but something tells us that Damian Lillard might have. An off night. Book night against off night. Book night. Mono Imano. Advantage off night. So get ready, Sacramento. First it's the Trailblazers. Next it's NBA World Champion Sacramento Kings. You feel me? Yeah. Uh, I still love that. Still love that from Doug. And Mark Spears. Doug's putting it out there. He's put that out there in the universe. That's what you got to strive for. Kings haven't uh, been near that in a long, long time. And never in Sacramento. They made it to the NBA Finals. That's a long way to go. You're just hoping this team can break this drought, can get off to a good start, and just get things rolling. And like I said, today we'll get into things that I like to, about the Kings to start the season. Some things that I'm a little worried about as well to start the season as it's getting ready to begin. But let's do it. Let's uh, We're all in the mood. We're all ready to go. Let's start you out with First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. Well, of course, we're talking Kings, baby. Let's go. Kings opener uh, last year. Let's, let's reflect back to last year. Kings had to go into Denver. Great place to play. A tough place to play. A great team. And uh, it ended like this. The Nuggets will put it in play. Porter will be the trigger man. Jokic pops out on the left angle. He takes the feed. Ball knocked out of his hand. Jokic battles. Kings have got it. They've got two seconds. Going to the rack. Barnes misses the jam. Tipped in at the buzzer by Buddy Heald. We don't know if it counts, but Buddy surely thinks so. He's raced off the floor. He's in the tunnel, and the Kings believe they have a 124-122 win. It's not official just yet. Well, it would count. A buzzer beater in overtime. Great way to begin the season last year. The Kings had lost three consecutive opening nights until that game last year when they won in Denver in overtime. Kings road opening record on that first game on the road. They're 12-24, and including that win in Denver last year. The Kings have not had any really big scoring nights in the first night of the year. If you look at the history, Reggie Theus has the most points ever by a King on opening night. With 33, you've got DeMarcus with 32, Otis Thorpe with 31. Cousins also had another 30-point night, and Roddy McRae had 30 as well. As far as opponents go, the most scored against the Kings on opening night was actually in the first game ever played in Sacramento 
Derek Smith scored 36. KG's had a 34. Dirk and Blake with 33. Marcus Johnson at 31. And then if you think about last year, Jokic didn't get to 30, but he had a monster triple-double. 29, 15, and 14, kickstarting his MVP season. So it's Kings basketball tonight, the Kings and Blazers. Certainly a tough matchup, but one of the things we'll talk about on things we like about the Kings, Kings have some continuity. They have some players that have played together a lot. Portland, they do too, but they've made some uh, trimming around the edges. They got a new coach. They're going through, through some different things. Both teams are emphasizing improvement in defense because they were both terrible at it last year. So which one will get better at it in the quickest amount of time? Some of the things to watch for tonight uh, in the first game of the year for the Sacramento Kings. Again, it's Kings and Blazers. All games can be heard here on KH2K. Game night at 5.30, Kings live pregame at 6.30, and then the tip-off with the G-Man and having all the play-by-play coming up at 7. First things first. All right, the NBA opened up last night with a, a couple of games, starting with the Nets getting their rings. Then they were taking, or the Bucks taking on the Nets. The Bucks getting their rings, and then the Bucks taking it out on the Nets. Giannis feeds a dangerous pass. Allen secures Uh-oh. it, feeds it back to Giannis, who glides down the lane and lays it in. They're going to get it with a foul. So send the freak flyer back to the line. Yep, it was a nice, kind of comfortable win for. The Milwaukee Bucks, as they take out the Brooklyn Nets, the only uh, issue in that game was the injury to Drew Holiday. It doesn't sound too serious, but he did not return. Uh, the Bucks got the win. They take out the Nets. So that's how the season started. Then the nightcap had uh, the Warriors taking on the Lakers. Golden State with a scrappy win here in L.A. 121 to 114, capturing game number one on the season. Yeah, that was Tim Roy on the Warriors radio network. So, yes, the Warriors went on the road, got a nice win, got a good second-half performance, really a good fourth-quarter performance. So, like we said earlier about the Kings, positively or negatively tonight, no need to overreact, but that's what the world does. Oh, no, the Lakers lost their first game. How bad was Russell Westbrook? He was bad. He was bad. Um, And everybody was talking about that, including their coach, Frank Vogel, after the game. He's the new guy. He's got to find his way. It's difficult to when you're used to to being, you know, the guy that has the ball most of the nights to, to be able to, you know, play off of others like like Brown and AD. So it's just a little bit different for him. Um, you know, he's going to be great for us, uh, but it's going to be an adjustment period. Yep, that's it. I mean, inside the game too. By the way, I mean, I, I feel like the way the narrative has gone was that the Lakers were absolutely awful. Westbrook was. Lakers were leading at the half, leading a lot of the game. I thought there were moments where it went. I mean, LeBron's jump shot looked as good as I have ever remembered. AD was good. Those two guys are the whole th- uh, the big parts of what is going to be successful. Now they need to incorporate the other elements, including Russell Westbrook. I think they tried to get better with size and some of the defensive elements, but you know, already having to play Avery Bradley some minutes when they're trying to get shutdowns on the opposing guards. They need to get all their guys healthy. That could be an issue for the Lakers being an older team. But uh, the Warriors' quality win. Here's Anthony Davis afterwards as well talking about uh, what he said to Russell Westbrook. Russell is very hard on himself. And I told him today, I said, I think I'm only three in my Lakers season openers. So, it doesn't, I mean, it's game one. You know, the same way he's feeling right now, the same way I was feeling my first year here. You know, I had a little reassurance from LB, and we were fine. So, um, you know, we'll be fine. You know, we'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. But, you know, we'll figure it out together as a team on the defensive end for sure. 
Yep. Check back in on them in a while. They'll get better as the season goes. How about LeBron, who had a good night? Um, also, more talk about Westbrook. It's one game. We want to learn from it. We want to get better. Um, but we, want, we don't want to harp on it too much. You know, we will get better from it, and he will get better from it. Putting him in positions where it benefits him, uh, that benefits our team. Um, I think we will continue to learn that um, as the season goes on. Yeah, we talk a lot about fit. Right now, it doesn't look like the right fit. They'll figure it out. They'll figure out something. So you think Westbrook will change? Um, I don't even know that he has to change. I just think they have to figure out how they want to utilize everybody and when and where. I mean, there's probably some change. Like last night, I didn't think he was as aggressive. I thought he was more passive. Um, so I think he'd look to do stuff that he normally doesn't do. He, he plays so hard, so violently, attacks the game. I don't think we saw enough of that from him. So I wouldn't want him to change. It's just he's also a guy that has the ball a lot. I, I think even Barkley said this post game. I don't know if they have to go this drastically, but he said I'd put him on the bench and have him run with the second unit. I don't know that they're going to do that, but that's an idea. So he's too passive, plays aggressively, probably doesn't want to play too aggressive, so more passive-aggressive. Good point. Good point right there, Chris. Chris for a lot for the win. Thank you. Yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> it's been allowed. All right, so more on the NBA as all the rest of the teams basically in action today, including the Kings and the Blazers. First things first. All right, yesterday the uh, first game of the day of the two baseball playoff games was Boston and Houston, and that game was going a little bit of all sorts of directions early on with that uh, one run at the very top of the first for Houston, two for Boston in the bottom of the first to go. Here we go with this another high-scoring game. And then you get to the eighth inning, and it's still 2-1. Eighth inning was the key inning for both playoff games yesterday as a Dusty Baker was talking about how his team was just uh, sticking with it. I'm just glad that we didn't quit. You know, what a job our bullpen did. You know, it was 2-1 it was for a long time. You know, the great job by, you know, by Rayleigh. You know, just a great job overall, you know, you know by the whole team. And uh, we got another big game uh, tomorrow. Well, and he's also referring to the team keeping it at two runs. And then the explosion happened. Boston's inability to have a closer. They went to Evaldi in the ninth, and uh, the Red Sox gave up seven runs with two outs, the most runs in the postseason with two outs in the ninth ever. So it was a 9-2 final that even the series. Right now they are underway in game five of the series, and there's been a solo home run. Chris Sale just got out of a jam in the fourth inning, but it's one nothing Houston as that game is making its way to the bottom of the fourth. Again, that is game five. First things first. First things first. first. All right, we mentioned the American League. How about the National League? And baseball games, we always say this, are never over. Uh, if you watched the Dodger game yesterday, it sure felt like it was done. There's a body language. There's a vibe. Dodgers took that early lead again. They had led in every game. Then they blew the lead. They were down 4-2, then down 5-2. They were getting down to their last precious few outs, and there was no life in the stadium, no life in the team, uh, a little flicker of hope, and it just wasn't looking like much was going to happen until the eighth inning and this moment that might have just turned everything around. And a fly ball to right center field. It's well hit. And it is gone! A three-run home run for Bellinger! We've got a new game! It's tied at five! 
Incredible. Charlie Steiner on the call yesterday. The Dodgers were dead. They looked dead. They looked lifeless. They look like their dream season, amazing regular season, great series with the Giants. The wild card win was all going to be for naught because they were about to be down 3-0. They rallied, hit the three-run home run, got another run in the eighth, and then 1-2-3 goes the ninth, and oh, it's 2-1 all of a sudden. Quick turnaround, quick win for them. Uh, It's going to be the bullpen game today for the Braves. The Dodgers are going to go with Urias uh, pitching tonight. Let's hear from both managers about that game yesterday. Uh, First, uh, Brian Snitker of the Braves on the uh, really difficult loss. They'll be fine. I mean, they'll come out and they'll be ready to play. They're going to prepare as always. And, you know, we've lost tough games before and bounced back and done really good things. It's, you know, you got to make pitches and plays and the whole thing. It just didn't happen today. No, it did not. But they were in a spot to just put the Dodgers in just a brutal position. How about from Dave Roberts' side of things? Again, they were trailing in the series, in the game, looked lifeless. Here's Roberts' postgame. He widened his stance out, tried to square it up and move the baseball forward. And good things happen when you do that. And I can, you know, probably in years past, with not having been gone through the struggles, he might not have made that adjustment. Just a huge hit, and he's continuing to kind of evolve and grow. That's Roberts talking about Bellinger's home run, but he also had audio where he was talking about how he felt it. I mean, managers, you try to get guys up and fired up and – and hey, games aren't over. But he said it was just there. There was no life. It just everybody was having that same kind of vibe, and that swing of the bat turned it around, turned the game around. Question now is, will it turn the series around? Dodgers trail two games to one. It is game four tonight, and that'll be Jesse Chavez versus Julio Urias uh, again in that one. Uh, update one more time on the Boston and Houston. That is one nothing Houston with the Astros having the only two hits, a home run in the game. Uh, Red Sox still searching for their first That was hit. the update? Yeah. There's, I, didn't, I didn't need the sounder. There's no new news. All right. You want the sounder? Okay. I'll give you the sounder. Okay. Oh, the Astros. Correct. Got to identify the cans. one nothing Houston at this point. All right, let's give you a little bit more. First things first. First things first. First things first. All right, the NFL will start another week tomorrow with Thursday Night Football. Broncos and Browns will have the game for you here on KHTK. Well, news from that game, short week, short turnaround, and we're wondering whether or not Baker Mayfield will be available. Word is today he's not. The Browns made it official. Case Keenum will start that game at home for Cleveland who's now 3 and 3 Broncos an identical 3 and 3 uh but Baker Mayfield will be out Browns have some injury issues uh, across the board uh, we talked about last week where they didn't have Nick Chubb um he's still uh, questionable uh, you also have uh, injuries in other spots there uh, certainly with Kareem Hunt Odell Beckham Jr they've gone through the injury bug i think it's a good football team but with Baker Mayfield now out tomorrow that'll be a tough game for the Browns at home against the Broncos. Again, you'll hear that here on KHDK. So there's first things first. As far as the show goes today, like I said, we are going to get an opportunity to talk more football with Chris Landry on his weekly visit on LandryFootball.com. That'll be at 5 o'clock. And then Lincoln Kennedy scheduled to join us around 4 o'clock today. But around all of that, we will keep you up to date on what's going on in baseball with Houston and Boston, certainly when the Dodgers and Braves get started. And we'll have two more opportunities for you to get to the home opener 
for the Sacramento Kings, which is Friday against the Jazz. We'll have two trivia questions coming your way today. Uh, that'll be at 345 and 445 still to come the show. Uh, also, yesterday, part of the opening night of the NBA, and I think it's pretty cool the way the NBA has revealed this. We'll go over uh, the first part of their all-time list. We They had revealed the 50 greatest NBA players on the 50-year anniversary. Now they're at the 75-year anniversary, and they did 25 yesterday, 25 more revealed today. And here's where we're starting to see some of the names that weren't on the previous 50 because players have played since then. A couple of active names we will tell you about that are still going right now and certainly deservedly so. So it's kind of a little bit of a, a three-day slow rollout. 25 yesterday, 25 today, 25 tomorrow to make the all-time uh, NBA team of the top 75 players. But as far as the Kings go, I'm just so excited for the start of another season. Uh, the way the roster looks, the um, the opportunity tonight, you think about the rookie, Davion Mitchell. I mean, Chris put together that piece too on off night, the anticipation he has. And if you think about just this beginning portion of the schedule for the Sacramento Kings, because they don't try to look too far ahead in these things, but you got to look at what the Kings have right out of the shoot. It's the Blazers tonight, and here's where if we're just looking at this from someone like Davion's perspective, they open up with the Blazers, and that's Dame Lillard. He's going to guard him at some point for some amount of time. Then it's Utah and Donovan Mitchell, Conley, Clarkson. I mean, he's going to see some great guards there. Curry on Sunday. And on Wednesday, the first four games, then it's Chris Paul, Booker, and the Phoenix Suns. These are all good Western Conference teams, all teams that – have been playoff caliber type teams and were in the top 10 last year. And that's how the Kings begin. And it won't be easy. It won't be easy. And it shouldn't be easy, right? It should not be easy uh, to break this drought. It's going to take wins against good teams like that. It's going to take avoiding awful losing streaks like they had a year ago and believing in what you got. And I think this squad does. I think they've had a good camp. They certainly had a good preseason for whatever that's worth. But it looks like to me like they're ready to go. And that doesn't mean, you know, one bad night tonight or early on in the season spoils the whole thing. You just try to build on it. If there's a bad game, push it aside, move on it, try to limit those, compete in as many games as possible, find ways to win close games. And there's a recipe there to have a really good season for the Sacramento Kings. So when we come back, We'll get into that. I'll tell you about the things that I like about the Kings as this season is about to begin. And following that, we'll get into things that still have some concerns about. Also, trivia coming up later this hour as we're just beginning here on opening night for Sacramento Kings basketball right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Happy opening night of Kings basketball. Coming your way. Game night. Scott Marsh and the High Flyer Henry Turner at 530. Kings live pregame. 630 tip off at 7 for the Kings and the Blazers. So what can we expect? What's the good? What's the bad going into the year for the Sacramento Kings? Now things will always play out a little bit differently than people think, than the projections, than the expectations. But I have said, and I'm going to maintain this, I really, really like the roster construction this year. I do. I'm going to tell you what I like in this segment, what I'm a little worried about in the next segment. I have higher hopes than most people have of this team. And more times than not, I would say I'm optimistic just in general, but I have not 
been this optimistic about a Kings team in several years. I look at some recent teams that have fared okay. I mean, the Kings have been in that spot where they haven't been awful. They haven't been good enough and kind of been, you know, floundering in that 7 to 10 lottery range. Well, I think they've drafted well. That's been good. I think the additions have been good. I even I told you I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Tristan Thompson trade because I was a bigger fan of DeLon Wright. I thought he could still help this team or maybe even fetch more. But now that I've seen Tristan Thompson here, see what he's been able to provide, uh, see how he's been utilized, see his expertise and uh, experience, I see it. I see what the fit is. I see how they're going to utilize him. And... It's part of the equation. And so here's what I like about this team going into the season. My favorite thing might be at this point right now, it looks like the coaching staff and the organization has defined the roles. And that doesn't always happen in game one or early in a season. It takes time and things can change. But what have we learned so far? The storyline we were talking about quite a bit yesterday was Marvin Bagley. I'm less concerned about what his agent said, though I'm not a fan of that, putting that out in public. But we all be naive to think that um, Marvin's happy with that. I'd, I'd rather hear it from Marvin, but you know, I would expect Marvin to be upset that he's not in the rotation and not going to play a lot. He should be. Um, I, I'm going to tell you what, I also bet Buddy Heald's not too happy coming off the bench, but you know what he's going to do when he comes in tonight? He'll shoot the ball and do what he does hopefully best and make, make some threes. So I think by defining things, if you think about it at times last year, it almost felt like a necessity to play Marvin. Okay, you got to play Buddy. Well, you're, they're going to play Buddy. He's going to come off the bench. They've defined that. I don't know when Marvin will play, but I think there will be ch- chances and opportunities from him, maybe not right at the beginning of the season. I'm guessing, this is a guess, a starting lineup tonight of Rashawn Holmes, Mo Harkless, so we're talking about fit again, Harrison Barnes, Tyrese Halliburton, who was coming off the bench a lot of last year, and De'Aaron Fox. That's a good starting five, but we know they're going to play Buddy. We know they're going to play Davion Mitchell, and they're going to play Terrence Davis. I love that look of those five guards, three of them playing at a time, a minimum of two, maybe as many as four. And if you play three quite a bit, they're going to score. They're going to play with pace. They're going to shoot threes. I think those are all good things. I think that fits into the strength of this team. Um, as far as the the pay, playing with pace, a lot of the offensive things. Now, defensively is what Luke Walton has said all along. Can they defend and rebound in that situation? Well, so far, take it for what it's worth, four-game sample size preseason, the number one defensive rating in the preseason was the Kings. I'm not fully on board on that, but it's better. And I think if it's been an offseason emphasis and player development, they've worked on it. I know Fox can defend at a high level. Halliburton's skills and instincts are really strong defensively. And everybody's already got their man crush and in love with Davion Mitchell, what he's doing defensively. If they rebound well enough, Barnes is a professional defender. Holmes, you like what he does in protecting the rim. You're going to have guys like Tristan Thompson and Alex Len doing the same thing. I like their depth a lot more on this roster. Let's take you back to a year ago. First game, depth. Names like Glenn Robinson III, Corey Joseph, uh, Bialitsa, nice players. Nothing wrong with them. Whiteside, it just this. There feels like there's more guys, more volume, more choices to the point that Marvin Bagley, who has not been bad when he's been on the floor, is likely out of the rotation. 
That's a good sign for depth. That's a good sign for understanding the strengths of your roster. And I think by defining that already to begin the year with a coaching staff, a head coach that there's continuity, a lot of the coaching staff that there's continuity, a player's roster that's filled with continuity is a huge advantage to this team to start the year. Can I go back on what you said there about people having a man crush on Davion because of his defense? Mm -hmm. I don't have a man crush on him because of his defense. I have a man crush on him because of his offense right now. Do you? Huh. What a bonus, right? He is going to have to play. I didn't even know he could shoot before he got on the Kings. <laughs> he has to play every night. I don't know how many minutes, but he is not only going to be, hey, where does this rookie fit in? He fits in. He has made this team better. He has made his teammates better. It went from draft night when, wow, uh, he's a good prospect, but why do the Kings take him? Because you knew they were building around Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. Well, he's part of it. And this league, look at tonight's opponent. Norman Powell, C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard. They're playing three guards. They're starting three guards. That's their look. A lot of teams are going to do it. The Kings may not even begin the year starting three guards. I could see that evolving and becoming a starting lineup. It may not matter. It's definitely going to be a closing lineup. I see it. I see it being done that way. So I love that. I love that they identified roles. I love the depth of the roster. I love the continuity that they already have. For example, last night, watching the Lakers, there were moments where you went, oh, I can see it. They're going to be good. Uh, other time, we, they were out of shape. Not out of shape, out of position, a little rough. They have three total players that are coming back from last year. Three. LeBron, AD, and Taylor Horton Tucker, who was hurt last night. Now, Howard's played with them before. Rondo's played with them before. But it's still different. It's different. And we're the Kings. Tonight, if that starting lineup that I said is right, Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, Harkless, Holmes, all here last year, all have been here. Uh, Fox, uh, Barnes, and Holmes have played together quite a bit. Buddy will be one of the first subs off the bench. He's the longest-tenured King. Davion Mitchell's new to the mix. This will be his first game. There'll be uh, nerves and anticipation there. Terrence Davis brought here last year. Then you got new faces in Alex Lynn and Tristan Thompson. And if you have to go even further than that, in Bagley, in Metu, they've all been here and they've all played. So there is something to be said to begin a year that way. You you just start ahead of the curve of a lot of teams. And then the other part that I like, and you know, Chris played that piece that he put together there, and there's the part where Doug used to say on the show all the time, you know, put it out there, NBA world champion, Sacramento Kings. Well, not getting as, as far as that, but the fact that Luke Walton the other day said, we are going to be a good defensive team, and we are going to be in the top 15. That is a huge adjustment. That's a big improvement. Now, they have to get there. They have to improve in all these categories. But I like the, I like the target. I like the trying to achieve that. And kind of what Doug's whole point on that is, let's say they come up short for me in the top 15, and they're 19th. That's a considerably better. The offense wasn't a problem last year. I think the offense will be the strength of the team this year. If they get near that goal, this team is going to be good. They are. And most people aren't picking them to win, you know, in the mid-30s. And I see it. I can understand why. Because why? You look at what's the past. Where has been this path that suggests that this team will win more games than that? I think about the Sacramento Kings and where they've been recently and kind of these starts and stops of feeling like they're getting better than going backwards. Um, it, it's kind of been all over the place. 
this is the one time, especially off a losing season, where they've kept things together for the most part, right? Same GM, same coach. Now, there's there's tweaks in here. Front office has a few tweaks, a few people added. Uh, coaching staff has a few people added. The roster has a few people added. But for the most part, this is the same same group, a same group that showed some signs, a same group that had some things that went wrong last year, self-imposed, right, those two nine-game losing streaks. But you think about the way they ended last year with Fox being out at the end. I mean, Barnes missed more games than he normally has. Halliburton missed some games. And they won 31 games. Mm, Nothing spectacular, 31 and 41. I think about the last full season that the Sacramento Kings played was 2018-2019. That team won 39 games. And this team, to me, is considerably better. I really think they're better than that team. That team that at that time had Barnes and Bagley, Bogey, names like Corey Brewer on that roster, Bielitsa, Alec Burks, Willie Cauley-Stein, Yogi Ferrell, Justin Jackson, Costa, Scal, Frank Mason, uh, of course, De'Aaron, McLemore, Shumpert, Swanigan, Troy Williams. There's there's more to this team. That team, unfortunately, the 39 wins, they were ninth. They would have been in a playing game at that time. The, the question that you have to look at, too, in the West is what is the number? What is the number of wins it would take for them to be a top six to avoid a play-in? What is it to be a seven and eight to be in a play-in? Nine, ten to be a play-in? That's to be determined, and we don't know that. We don't know where that will go. If you look back to last year, uh, well, again, we got a factor that there were 72 games, uh, but the win total for the last team was the Spurs at 33. They won 33 games. The Kings had won 31 with two nine-game losing streaks. De'Aaron missing the last, I don't remember how many games that was, maybe 10. There was a small margin there, very doable for the Kings if they didn't do it to themselves. Well, if we go back to like the last regular full season for the NBA, that 18-19 season. Yeah, when they won 39. So the number 10 seed, which would have been the play-in, was the Lakers at 37-45. and and the sixth seed that goes past the play-in was the Thunder at 49-33. and 33. So right now, I don't have the Kings winning that many games. I've, my number's been 44. It's been one of the higher numbers I've seen. More people are in the 30 range. Um, I've seen some around 500. Well, we had the caller yesterday that had 55. Um, I think they have that ability. I really, really do. Because of the things I said I liked, the depth, the continuity, the defined roles, um, the lofty goals they have defensively, and just the recognition that they are going to play three guards a lot, and those are their best players on this team. You're pretty optimistic. I don't have them winning as many games as you do. How many do you have? 43. <laughs> yeah, you're way down there. You, you, that was my $1 bid. Yes. You went one lower. But that's the optimistic view. 44 wins for me. I do see them making the playoffs. I love the way they're constructed, and I see a lot of good things ahead for them. But it's not perfect. There are things that have to get better. When we come back, not only will we have Kings trivia, so get on the line now at 1-800-920-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Also, some things that concern me about this team going into the season. I'll address that when we come back and the trivia question for your chance to go to the Kings and Jazz on home opening night on Friday. We'll do that next here on KHTK. Two, three, four. Ba 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 ba! Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme! 
right back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Lincoln Kennedy to join us in about uh, 15 minutes or so for his weekly visit. Also at 5 o'clock, Chris Landry. Two chances still to come, though, for you to win Kings tickets for the home opener, which is Friday against the Jazz. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. Get on board now, 1-800-920-1140, 1-800-920-1140 to answer our trivia question. Uh, so hang tight. We'll get to you, those of you uh, ready to answer that. want to give you the things that I'm worried about about the Sacramento Kings going into the season. So I just laid out all the things that I like, and there's way more that I like that lead me to believe this is going to be a very good season for the Kings. Uh, what I'm concerned about, it's still shooting. Now, they're going to take a lot of threes based on playing five guards a lot. I wish they had better front court shooting. Um, Harkless is not a knockdown three-point shooter. Barnes is consistent. He's pretty good. But then when you start to get into, okay, if you're not playing Marvin, you're playing the minutes of bigs. It's Holmes, Len, Thompson. There's no three-point shooting there. So I would say shooting collectively still concerns me a little bit, as well as free throw shooting. I'm not convinced that's better yet. Um, And De'Aaron needs to have a good year there. He was either feast or famine a lot last year. So I'd put that, lump that all in as one area of concern coming into the year. Um by roster construction that I alluded to earlier, are they going to get what they need out of their bigs? And my point there is I just think some of them are going to play less. Marvin, right? We've already talked about him. Um, I think everybody, myself included, wanted to see them keep Rashawn Holmes. Can he have the same kind of production if you're getting what you probably want and need from your guards? It's not necessarily a huge concern, but I just see some uh, downward numbers maybe for some of the front court players just because of the way the roster is constructed and the way they want to play all the guards. And then the other one, they weren't a great rebounding team last year. That's still an area of concern. And the fact that Coach Walton brought it up, if we're going to play small, we have to defend, we have to rebound. I actually think they'll be able to defend with those smaller guards, uh, with the guards. I keep saying smaller guards. With the guards, rebounding, 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 rebounding. That would be another area, of, for me, of concern uh, to start the season. All right, let's do it. Let's get going here with our uh, Kings trivia question, our first of two. The next one will come up at 445 to get you to the Kings and Jazz opening night. Let's uh, welcome in Kevin, who was the first one to dial in today. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Jason. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? What do you have? As a, I have 44 wins for the Kings. What do you think this year, more or less? What, what's your number? I'm at 42. I think uh, over 500 would be progress. That'd be great. And that might be a chance in the play-in or playoff. Who knows? Just don't know how the West will will shake out there. All right, here you go. Here's your chance to get to the home opener. Uh, You get the first crack at this. Uh, This is a tough one. I'll say it's a tough one, but we'll see how you do. Last season, five players on the Sacramento Kings scored 30 or more points in a game. Who were the five? All right, you got uh, Buddy Heald, um, Harrison Barnes, Jaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and one more. Let's hope Rashawn Holmes got there at some point. Okay, really good guesses there, Kevin. Uh, Unfortunately, incorrect. I will let people know that Kevin got three correct, three out of the five. Let's try Sean. Sean, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Win total for the Kings. What do you think? 43. 43. Okay, we're all in this in this rough neighborhood here. It's a good neighborhood for the Kings to be in if they get there. Uh, Sean, last season, five players scored 30 or more in a game for the Sacramento Kings. Who were they? 
Buddy, De'Aaron, Harrison, Marvin, and go with Belly. Mm, Belly, good guess. He had a really good game last night. Incorrect. I will say we've progressed and gotten to four of the five. We're looking for that mysterious fifth name to get you to get you to the uh, Kings and Jazz. Stephen, do you know it? No. <laughs> uh, how many wins for the Kings, by the way, this year? I said forty-two yesterday. I'm going to go down to thirty-five. Wait, why did it go down? Because the Marvin stuff? I don't know. Because you said it was generous. Oh, all right. Well, I just picked forty-four. Oh well, good for you. <laughs> All right, so you you want to try it or you just not know? You, are you just passing? Nah, I don't know. Sorry. All right, it's a turnover on Steven. He's moving the ball. We're going to go to Zach. Zach, you're next. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Dave? Good, good. How about win total for you? What do you think, Kings, this year? You know, I, I hear you're 44, and I'm going to up you one. I'm actually going to go 45 after how they did against the Lakers. I thought you were going to say, I hear you're 44, but I'm picking 27. No, you, you go above it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, what's your guess, Zach, on our question? Last season, five players scored 30 or more for the Kings in a game when they're wearing Kings uniform. Who are the five? All right. So let's do Nemanja. We'll do Buddy. We'll do De'Aaron. We'll do Marvin. And I'm going to throw a wild card out there, and I'm going to go – with Mo. Oh, Mo Harkless. Okay. Uh, no, it is not correct. Thank you, Zach. He got three. He got three. So we went backwards. Uh, pretty soon we'll start to give hints. I will say this. Uh, we've ha- we've heard four of the correct names. Four of the five are still on the team. There's one that is not. Trevor, you're next. Hey, Trevor. All right. Let's see here. We have... Garen, we got Buddy, we have Harrison Barnes, we got Justin James, and who's the fifth? Wait, let's go over this again, because you said who? Uh, De'Aaron Fox, yep. Buddy Heal, yep. Harrison Barnes, yep. Justin James, and Marvin Bagley. There you go. I was like, wait a minute. You got Justin James. You can't miss this if you forgot Marvin. There you go, Trevor. Congratulations. You're going to go see the Kings and the Jazz on Friday night. All right. All right. Uh, What's your win total for the Kings this year, Trevor? Uh, 37 without a trade, 44 with a trade. Oh, that trade got a lot better. All right. Hang hang tight, Trevor. Congratulations. (laughs) See you out at the game on Friday night. Yes, the five that scored 30 or more in a game for the Kings last night. De'Aaron did it multiple times. The other four all did it once. Justin James, I think, was the second-to-last game. Marvin did it. Buddy Heald did it. And Harrison Barnes. Good work. Thank you, Trevor. Congratulations. Uh, Chris will get your information. And uh, you will be going to the home opener on Friday for the Kings and the Utah Jazz. For the rest of you, for more information, go to khdk.com. Also, another trivia opportunity coming up at 4 45. There's the sounder baseball update. Oh boy. Sometimes series can turn on a couple of plays. Remember the Astros got that big eighth inning home run yesterday by Altuve. They added seven in the ninth. They won nine to two. 
today with Chris Sale on the mound. A home run early for Houston to take a one nothing lead. And now they are adding more at Fenway. It's a good sixth inning for Houston. They have Alvarez, who homered early, doubled into. And then Gurriel just doubled in Alvarez. It is now 4 nothing Houston. That game is in the top of the six. Again, that series is tied at two games apiece. All right, coming up in the next hour, we will visit with Lincoln Kennedy. He will join us as he does each and every Wednesday. Also still to come, Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com and another chance for you to win at Kings tickets. We'll do that at 445 and much more on the Kings tonight and Davion Mitchell's NBA debut. So much to look forward to as we're just beginning here on Sports 1140 KHTK.